Thanks to Audible and the new Audible original Power Moves for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Power Moves by Adam Grant is available and you can get it for free when you sign up for a free Audible trial at audible.com/foolpower or text the word foolpower to 500 500. It's Monday, February 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio on a rainy Monday is Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to talk restaurant stocks. We're going to start with the deal of the day. Morgan Stanley is buying Solium Capital for $900 million. Solium Capital, based in Alberta, Canada, prepares stock plans for startup companies, and shares of Solium are up 42% today. So, good for those folks. Morgan Stanley, it's their biggest deal since the financial crisis. First, do you like this deal? Yeah, I think it's an interesting deal for three reasons. The first is that, um, so as you mentioned, Solium Capital is a Canadian company, and they provide stock plans for startups. So um, I think there's really three big takeaways from this. The first is that Solium provides predictability to Morgan Stanley earnings. So wealth management is a subscription division model for Morgan Stanley. Um, this is sort of an easy plug-in for them. There's cross-selling opportunities. Um, also, there's you know down the line there could be retirement planning opportunities for these clients. So um, a lot of opportunity just from the get go with this um, sort of acquisition. But then the second thing that I think is interesting is um, a while ago, or I guess starting in the beginning of last year, we really saw a lot of predicted mergers and acquisitions in the banking sector, and we're just now starting to see that sort of tick up. So um, last week we had the news about BB&T and SunTrust. This week, it's Morgan Stanley buying Solium. And I think um, it's kind of an interesting time for this to happen because in the banking sector, you have a couple positive things going on right now. So you have a strong economy, widen interest rate spreads in comparison to recent history, um, lower credit losses, lower corporate taxes, and a little bit of easing on compliance. But for the negatives, you know, regional banks used to compete with these much larger banks by um, just on relationships, really. And as people have moved more towards electronic banking, that's become less of an advantage. And you've also seen sort of these regional banks lack the technology that these larger banks have. So um, the consolidation makes sense. And I think we've all been waiting a while for it. So I think, you know, this deal makes sense from that regard. And then the third part is really that it's a comment about startup culture in general. So um, clients at Solium have included Instacart, Shopify, and Stripe. So um, I think it could be an interesting sort of plug into Morgan Stanley's business to see maybe sort of like a relationship into IPO mandates potentially for Morgan Stanley, which is also interesting because companies have chosen to stay private so much longer and at higher valuations. I'm a little surprised, or I should say I was a little surprised when I saw that this is the biggest deal Morgan Stanley's made in the past decade, just because Morgan Stanley, you're talking about a $70 billion right. business. So the, you know, not that $900 million is chump change, but it's Right. Smaller than I would have bet on, um, but you know, CEO James Gorman was pretty clear about the fact that, um, and, and you touched on this point, pretty clear about the fact that they're looking to do more of these. They're looking to make more acquisitions. Yeah, and I think you know the smaller, typically smaller acquisitions tend to go better. Um, that's sort of the general consensus. So I think it makes sense, and I think this one in particular is interesting just because it sort of bridges that gap between private and 
public equities. Yeah. The, the other thing I was struck by, the, so $900 million in cash, the buyout price for Solium is $19.15 a share. And when we walked in the studio, Solium was trading at $19.10 a share. So, that tells me this is this is something that should go smoothly, and it's not going to be a situation like we've seen over the past couple of months where regulators are fighting it. Regulators are fighting it, or you're getting like um, it, also in the financial space, Visa and Mastercard sort of going back and forth, battling for this British payments company, Earthport. Right. Right. Um, so this this looks like Morgan Stanley's kind of got this one locked up. Yeah, I think you know part of that is just competition within this space. It's not necessarily as competitive as some of those other deals that you just mentioned, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to Restaurant Brands International, which is the parent company of Popeyes, Tim Hortons, and Burger King. Fourth quarter results were good. The stock isn't really popping today, but they pre-announced in January. So just in the last five, six weeks or so, this is a stock that's up more than twenty percent. Um, I'll tell you what stood out to me. You tell me what stands out to you. Um, once again, we've got. Uh, an umbrella corporation that's got several restaurants, and one of them is lagging the others. And in this case, Tim Hortons and Burger King performing, at least in this quarter, much better than Popeyes. Yeah, I think that's a this quarter issue. So Popeyes for the year sales were up nine percent. So that's driven by seven percent restaurant growth, and comp sales of about one point six percent, which I don't think is anything um, insignificant. But definitely for this quarter, Popeyes was sort of the drag. Do you have a sense of what the delivery strategy is for QSR um, Restaurant Brands International? I should say the ticker is QSR. One of the, in my mind, one of the great ticker symbols. Um, do you have a sense of of are they approaching delivery in an integrated way? Meaning, this is what we want across all of our restaurant brands because they're all sort of in that fast food space. Um, is are they doing it by essentially letting each Restaurant brand decide upon themselves because you and I have talked about delivery before. I mean, this is this is really something that investors, if you're looking at restaurant stocks, this is a box you need to check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I would imagine that it's more uniform across the entire system. So they've mentioned they have delivery in about three thousand restaurants for Burger King in the U.S. and about seven thousand around the world for Burger King um, and Popeyes. It's especially, it's sort of their push in that. Uh, Bringing that restaurant back up to speed, maybe. So, they have delivering about 1,100 Popeyes restaurants in the U.S., and that's about 50% of all of their restaurants. And that was really done zero to 100 in just one year. So, um, it's definitely a necessary technological investment. And I think every, you know, we've seen a lot of restaurants sort of get in this groove of how they're going to figure it out. So, we've seen some big partnerships with like Grubhub between Yum Brands and Grubhub. Um, I think it's the question to be answered, and it's just about how you can do it most efficiently. It would seem, on the surface, and you know a lot more about the delivery industry and Grubhub in particular than I do, but it would seem like, unless you feel like your restaurant can operate at a high level when it comes to delivery, that the partnership route seems like it would be an easier route to go. 
Yeah, I mean, theoretically, it should be. Like, I think as long as there's an existing marketplace there. Part of that is also about these brands, though. So, like, are people going to go onto Grubhub's site and specifically look for um, Popeyes, you know, or Burger King? Like, I think those are strong enough brands that perhaps they could, and maybe they could even be strong enough that they demand their own app, which is what you've seen a lot of the pizza industry. Um, they haven't really partnered because traditionally pizza was takeout. And so you were so acclimated to looking for it by itself. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think, especially in this sort of middle segment where it's maybe Popeyes is fast food, maybe it's a little bit higher, but probably more fast food. Um, it's definitely a consumer behavior shift, and I think companies are just sort of struggling to catch up. Quick shout out to Power Moves by New York Times bestselling author Adam Grant. It's available on Audible, and you can get it for free when you sign up for a free Audible trial at audible.com/slash foolpower or just text the word foolpower to 500 500. In Power Moves, Adam interviews two dozen major CEOs and leaders to talk about how power is changing today and the best ways to use it effectively. You'll hear practical insights and ideas from leaders like Satya Nadella at Microsoft, Mary Barra at General Motors, David Solomon at Goldman Sachs. We've actually had Adam Grant on the Motley Fool Money radio show. We've had him as a guest here at Fool headquarters. We love Adam Grant. He is one of those genuinely curious people, and he's also one of those people, when you're done listening to him, you're smarter because of it. Power Moves by Adam Grant. Available now on Audible. Get it for free when you sign up for a free Audible trial at audible.com slash foolpower, or just text the word foolpower to 500-500. Before we dip into the full mailbag, I want to say we're going to be doing another live Q&A on YouTube this Wednesday, February 13th. You can email questions here. You can post them on The Motley Fool's YouTube channel. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, it's going to be myself, uh, Jason Moser, Ron Gross. We're going to be uh, talking stocks. Um, and uh, we hope you join us. YouTube.com slash The Motley Fool. Go subscribe. We'll see you Wednesday afternoon. We're still working out the exact time. It's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 3, 3.30 Eastern Time. Subscribe on The Motley Fool's YouTube channel, and, and you'll be all taken care of. Uh, MarketFoolery at Fool.com is our email address. Question from Matt McIver, who asks, is there anything to be gleaned from comparing current P.E. to forward P.E.? Am I correct in reading the tea leaves that a lower forward P.E. is a bullish indicator? Uh, thank you, Matt, for the question. Um, uh, yes, when you're looking at current price-to-earnings ratio versus forward price-to-earnings ratio. So, I think the big factor here is really what you're comparing. So, current PE is current price over current earnings. Forward PE is the current price over the expected earnings per share. So, when forward PE is less than future PE, it indicates that there is a projected increase in earnings per share. But that can be done by an increase in earnings and or usually some combination of stock buybacks. Um, and I would say it's an optimistic signal, but I think the thing to keep in mind here is that analysts have to be right. So, um, and that's an expectation, right? So, if right. they beat expectation, that's where you really see the opportunity. If they miss expectation, even if it's above what it currently is, um, you're still going to see some fluctuation to the downside. So, keeping in mind that that is a expectation and not a set projection. Right. Do you have one that you rely on more than the other as a working analyst? Um, I look more at current price to current earnings as it compares to major competitors in the player. So, um, 
trying to get a value sense between company A and company B when they both compete in the same sector. Um, and uh, just to go back to restaurant brands for a second, as a, as a fellow New Englander, um, are you a little surprised anytime you're in New England and you see a Tim Hortons? Because I always yeah, it's, all, it's Duncan territory up there, right? It's Duncan territory. I mean, Starbucks has made inroads, but it yeah. was one of the like I'm uh, I'm not surprised when I go back to New England and I see Starbucks. I am still surprised when I see Tim Hortons. I would agree with that. In part because our colleague Jim Gillies, a proud son of Canada, Jim Gillies. Has not really anything good to say about Tim Hortons coffee. I have Canadian friends who swear by it. But oh, okay. Maybe they're being defensive because it's Canadian. <laughs> so, could be. Uh, Abby Mallon, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.